Okay, Bokatov. So today's daf is Chaf Gimel. We start with the mission on the bottom of Chaf Beremet Bet. We um, had just had a very dense, um, if you could judge from Tosvos, discussion about the nature of the get, the star, for going to Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Meir. Right? This is the this is the debate that runs through the Masechet about the nature of a get. Um, if you say Eide Chasimakarki, you focus on the signatures, and that turns it into a get. So on the one hand, that led to a discussion earlier that the uh, was. It has to can't be attached for Rebbe Mayer. That means that it can't be mechubar. That does, it's not a problem in the, in the writing. It's only a problem in the signing. Whereas for Rebbe Eliezer, who focuses on the witnesses when it's given, the writing aspect is on the actual writing of the get, not the signatures. And it's the mechubar problem is when it's being written. Similarly, we had a discussion about a get written on page on a document that was forgeable, um, that you could erase, and it would uh, it was already written on something erased, so it would not look like something had gone wrong if you erased what had been written there because even the signatures were on an erased background so for Rabbi Meir who focuses on the signing what that means is that he defines the get as a as a part of the get's very definition is something that testifies because it emphasizes the agus and the signatures of the get that it, it testifies in writing to what happened so if that testimony it's no longer testifying because it's something that's forgeable and therefore it's questionable what it did it really say and is it really be saying, it stops being a get for Rebbe Mayer. So for Rebbe Mayer, even if it was written on a erased background, even if it was given in the presence of Adim, it's no longer a get. And even if you have no question what actually happened, it's not a get. Part of the definition of it as a get is something that has written testimony. And in that case, it's not considered to actually be testifying to anything. Whereas for Rebbe Eliezer, it's not true. The testimony aspect is separate from the get. It's the witnesses that are seeing it being given. So even if it's written on a forgeable background, it's still a legitimate get. Um, it doesn't have to testify to anything, and uh, it's okay. And as far as uh, how do you know what happened, so maybe you actually ask the Aiden. But how you know what happened is independent from whether it serves as, as, it, it functions as an instrument of divorce and as a get. And that's the difference between a star Kenyan when the document is serving as an instrument to change status, as opposed to a star Raya when it's serving as evidence. And for Abiy Eliezer, you can really separate those identities and something could be a star Kenyan without being a star Raya therefore could even be written on a forgeable background so that's another very important and significant debate and then the Gemara ended with the question about whether maybe Rabbi Eliezer would concede that it has to be you know viable written testimony by Shar Staros other Starot and the question is what is meant by other Starot it could mean that means other Starot that are star Raya like that I borrowed money from you for that to serve as a star obviously it can't be written on a forgeable background there it really is if it's serving only as a raya then it has to be legitimate valid meaningful written testimony um, and that's certainly how Tosos is inclined the simple sense of the Gemara is that it's a unique point about get in get you can separate those two identities it can serve as an instrument as a star kin without being a star raya but with something else let's say I was freeing my slave right and the get and the star actually affected the change of status or let's say I was selling you my, my plot of land
hand, and I said tzidim mechur lecha. That's a case where it's a shtar kinyan, but maybe there Rabbi Eliezer would say that it, that for, for there to function as a shtar kinyan, it also has to be a shtar raya. There, those uh, there those identities are intertwined, and maybe it's saying that only by get does he allow it to be one without the other. So that's not clear in the Gemara, but conceptually this is a really important point that sometimes the issue of ksiv and chasima that we focus on in Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Eliezer is when the Torah makes a demand about how it's written, like it not be written b'mechubar or be written lishma. Does that focus on the writing or the signing? But to another, in a deeper way, it might be that the debate is whether to what degree is a get supposed to be written testimony? Is it supposed to be a star raya? And if so, if it's forgeable, it's not a get at all, regardless of what happened and if we can prove what happened? Or is a get really just completely in a star kinyan and does not have to be written testimony at all um, and therefore even written on a forgeable background? So very fundamental debate. And then similarly, how do you think about other star kinyan? like Shikhrur and selling a field and to what degree does that also have to be a star raya or not yes Rabbi Doe clarification questions one is what does Rabbi Eliezer do when there is an ear uh, get Isha, right? Yeah, so you go get the witnesses that were physically yeah, that's present. The only resource. Right. Rely on exactly. Okay. Well, actually, no. I should stop and say that, and just to further complicate things, so this will get you a little crazy, but there's ways in which one position might hold of the other. So, for example, um, there are Rishonim that think that, that, well, not only Rishonim, it's generally assumed that if you, it's written on a non-forgeable background, it's a standard type of a get, then in that case, while Rebbe Eliezer does not require it to be a star raya, he, he, he can function as a star raya under most circumstances. So if it's written not as a forge, on a non-forgeable background, you can actually use the, the written signatures. You don't need to get the adim. If so if you, don't, if you don't have that, it'll still be good, but if you do have it, it can function in that way. Some of you go even further and say that when you have written signatures for Rebbe Eliezer, you don't even need physical witnesses to be present when it's being given over. Those written witnesses not only can serve as a raya, they can serve as the witnesses to the giving of the get. Okay? But, in a, but there, but that, but, but so, so he might, in many cases, it could function just like Rebbe Mayer's get would function, but nevertheless, it doesn't have to function oh, that way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The second one is, um, we make this distinction between Stakini and Raya, between Kitiva and Khatima. Yeah. So what is, what role does the Mesira play in this? Well, it has to be given over, and Obviously, that's a natan. Um, so, for it's generally assumed that for Rebbe Mayer, the signed witness signatures function to be the test of the witnesses in the giving over, and you don't need witnesses external to the get. Was for Rabbi Eliezer, since the emphasis is on the on the chatima, on the mesira, not on the chatima, you need witnesses to be present external to the get. Okay, so that's generally assumed. Although, again, as I said, it gets complicated because some Rishonim assume that Rabbi Eliezer would say if you had signatures and it was on a good background it was not, was not forgeable they can function for the physical presence of the witnesses and just to complicate it further Rabbeinu Tom says that even for Rabbi Mayer that demands the signatures that's only to make it into a get but when you give it over you need actual physical witnesses present external to it so <laughs> exactly so there's a lot of crisscrossing it gets very confusing but the most clear issue is that Rabbi Eliezer demands when it says 
Kotov, those demands focus on the writing, and Rabbi Meir says they focus on the signing, and that for Rabbi Eliezer, as this Gemara makes clear, it can function as a get without being a star raya, without serving also to testify as a written doc, as, you know, as written witness testimony. So that I just wanted to spend a few minutes reviewing that because that was really key, and to some degree we're going to continue with, or not to some degree, with the Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Meir debate in the next Mishnah. So let's look now at the next Mishnah, okay? And the big toast is here is really on this next mission, not on what we just discussed. Hakol Sherim Lichtov is a get. Everybody can write a get. Afilu Cheres Shod Vekatan. Even a deaf mute, a somebody who is not of like uh, of, of right mind, like mentally ill, uh, or whatever, in a very particular way, somebody who who has a hard time processing reality. Zeshota and a minor. All these people are considered to be Napanida, people who normally cannot, you cannot make the name a shaliach, an agent, they cannot normally execute legally binding acts, and nevertheless they can write a get. So how they can write a get is pretty bizarre, because you would think that that's a thing, you know, you need to write the kavana of Lishma, maybe it's so clear. Has to be a shaliach of the husband. Um, so one easy way of understanding this is, is that this is well, no, that's your way. Of, I mean, this is Mara's, But the simplest way, based on the information we have so far, is that this is Rebbe Mayer, who does not require the writing to be done properly, only the signing. And if you remember the previous, first of all, Stam Mishnah is Rebbe Mayer. And if you remember the previous Mishnah said, if you wrote a get on Mechuber Lekarka, as long as you signed it after you detached the thing, you're okay, right? Remember that previous Mishnah. So that's the the simple sense is our Mishnayot are assuming that bottom line what matters is the signing. It's a Rebbe Mayer position. So for bottom line matters the signing, heck, you can just print your get off of a computer. Just get the right people to sign it. It doesn't matter how it's being written. Okay? Like now, right? well, okay, the Gemara is going to get to that, but that's not in the Mishnah. Okay? And the Mishnah is consistent with the previous Mishnah that the emphasis is on the signing and not on the writing. Now, Ha'isha Kosevis is Gitava, Ish Kosevis Shovro, a woman could write her own get and a man could write the receipt of having received the Ksuva. Now, how could they do that? You write your own get, right? You cut out, you know, that makes things convenient. So the Mishnah ends by saying, What validates the get is the signatures. Again, emphasis on signatures. So it doesn't matter who's doing the writing. You know, a woman can't use it to misrepresent and claim she got to get when she didn't because who cares about who wrote the actual text? It doesn't mean anything until it's signed. And the key is getting, the, is getting witnesses to sign it. Okay? So that's why, A, we're not concerned that she'll misrepresent or that man will misrepresent that he paid the ksuva when he didn't because who cares what you wrote without the signatures. That's just running something off your computer. It doesn't, it's not meaningful until you actually get it signed and witnesses won't sign it unless it's actually being done properly until it's actually being handed from the husband to the wife or they won't sign his receipt until he actually witnessed him paying off his ksuva. Okay? So that's in terms of that it won't get abused you know, won't get misrepresented. But the other point is, is that that's why we don't care who does the writing, even if it's a cheresh or the katan. It's all about the signing. So the simple sense of this Mishnah is Rabbi Meir, like the previous Mishnah, about whether it's when it was written on the Chubar Lakarka. It's not a problem as long as it's signed after it's detached. So that was that. That's what we would say. The Gemara is going to try to make it work for a Lesser. But the simple sense of the whole Mishnah and the previous Mishnah is Rebbe Meir, and it all focuses on the signatures. And the Lishma is also on the signatures, not on the writing. Just for any mayor, the Kasav of the Pasuk, the Kasav La Sefer Kritut, means the Khatam. That it becomes a get through the signing. Okay, so it's all about the signatures for Rebbe Mayer. And the <laughs> well, it's true. Okay. I understand that you're getting a Khairish forgotten to write. Okay. Okay, so Gemara says, let's see what the Gemara says. 
So that's the simple sense. And the Gemara will have an opinion that this is Rebbe Meir. But interestingly, the Gemara initially assumes that this is Rebbe Eliezer. Maybe, well, well, let's take a look. Let's read the Gemara. Partly might have to do with because of what we said about the previous thing, about writing on forgeable background was Rebbe Eliezer. So the Gemara says, how can Cheresh Tzedekatan write it? They're not considered to be B'nai Dea. Their intent um, is not considered uh, to do something Lishma. You know, they're not, le- they're not legally adults. They can't execute, you know, sort of legal acts. And here they can't write, presumably they can't write at Lishma. They don't have, they're not considered to have proper intent. That's so the Gemara says, no, 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 no. We're on Cheresh Tzedekatan. So like Michael anticipated, we're talking that there's somebody standing over them and supervising. Now, Tosos points out that you have different scenarios of supervision. In the case of Shechita, Gadol Omed Al-Gabov, is less of somebody is actually instructing them and more somebody is just observing that it was done technically that it was done technically correctly. Because by Shechita, all that matters is that it was performed in in the technically correct way. Here, where the idea is that you have to write it with the right intent, Gadol Omed Al-Gabov, Tosos says, means that you're like directly instructing the person as they're doing it. Which also for Tosos addresses the question of Shota because Shota, thank you, is the case where normally we think that it's hardest to assume that you can get the person um, to do it with the right uh, with the right intent, but Tosos says maybe in the case of directly standing over and instructing, that's why we're suggesting that it can work even for the, everybody, for every member of that trio of the Chayr Shota Vakatan. The other point that Tosos makes is that here it's better than other cases where we don't have Gadol Omed Part of this Tosos is figuring out why does Gadol Omed work here, where it doesn't work in other cases and he says part of it is because you can actually observe from what the person is doing whether they followed instructions or not write the word Leabat Rachel. It's right. Leabat Rachel. You know, and write this word, and they write that word. So, is it possible that they're doing that and thinking something else? Yeah, but like, there's very concrete evidence that the person is actually being shaped and guided by your instruction. So you can see this person as maybe almost, if you want to frame it this way, either that they're doing it with the right intent, or maybe you can even see it as that they're 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 your your clee. You know, you're writing it through them is another conceptual way of thinking about that. But even if they're writing it. You can see through what they're doing. I mean, they are writing it physically, but even if that's how you conceptualize it, you can see it as that it's clear they're doing it properly and properly being guided by the right instructions and by the right intent. And remnant. So this is an assumption that's working even for Rebbe Eliezer. And the problem then that Tosus deals with is, okay, if we think it's Rebbe Eliezer and Gadol Omer Lagavov gets you Yishma, but there's two other things that Tosus says you need for Rebbe Eliezer, or he assumes you need, in addition to that being written Yishma. He says, number one, don't you need that the uh, sofer be a shaliach of the Baal like the, 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 so the Baal has to be misavid the shaliach write it for my wife and so on isn't that a concept of shlichus presumably not if the, according to at least this Gemara that thinks that Cheir Shad can work for Rabbi Eliezer and Cheir Shad can't be a Shaliach so it says presumably you don't need Shlichus in the writing of the Gets the Kasav does the Vekasav mean he the husband the Kasav or does the Vekasav mean he gets somebody to write it it's sort of like we're about to do the Sugyaf Bris Mila in the Yeshiva right and the big question is you know when the, when the Moel said okay make me a Shaliach 
you know, to do your uh, to do the bris milah. And some fathers, you know, big chachamim, they decide they're going to do it themselves, and they get this because oh, I'm supposed to do it. A lot of poskim say, no, it's not. You're supposed to do the physical act. You got to get somebody to do it, right? When it says yimolachem kolbazar, doesn't mean you actually take the scalpel in your own hand. It means you got to get it done. Okay, so here, well, okay. Anyway, no, but but not if the fundamental mitzvah is to oversee as opposed to to do. So here too, it's the kasev la mean you the man right. It doesn't mean get it get written get it written for your wife. So anyway, Tosfos says according to this idea that Cheresh works for Rabbi Eliezer, it makes it clear that you don't need a concept of shlichos. And the whole reason the husband says to the sofer and his mitzvah of the sofer, write it for my wife, is just to create the proper mindset and con- context of rishma. But he has to hear the, from the man that he wants to divorce his wife and that he's expressing his desire, so it could be properly assumed to be that in his right he genuinely is doing it for the sake of divorce and the wife if you didn't hear it straight from the husband how can you really say that you had that right intent in the writing okay so the expression of that is not to create shlichos it's to allow the sofa to properly do it lishma. Okay? And therefore, it can work with the chayr shayr v'katan with gadol omed al-gabav, even though you can't have shlichos, but if gadol omed al-gabav can help provide lishma, the husband would still have to say, write it for my wife, to create the lishma context, but you don't need shlichos. The other thing, one minute, I'll take questions, I want to say one other point. The other thing, I'm trying to summarize this huge tosus, but the other point that tosus makes is... Okay, fine. You don't need shlichos. But don't, doesn't the Gemara say it multiple times, and we're about to say at the bottom of this Amr today, that you need b'nei krisus nidu. That people that create the chefts of the get have to be in the parsha of gitin. Okay? And chayrashat v'katan are not in the parsha of gitin. So it goes, well, maybe they are in the parsha of gitin because the katan will grow up. Maybe they could get better. You know, chayrashat Maybe they are theoretically in the parsha of gitin. But the Gemara in a minute is going to suggest that even a non-Jew can do it. And a non-Jew to, they're, they're, are they relevant to the laws of Gittin? No, 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 no. They're covered by the legal category of the laws of Gittin and Kiddushin. Yeah, they could, and they could effect a marriage and a divorce on their own, okay? So, but the point is, non-Jews are clearly not considered to be B'nai Krisus in that ca- halachic category of Gittin Vikidushin, of our Gittin Vikidushin, their own, yes, but not ours. And the Gemara is going to suggest that a non-Jew could write the get. So Tosafos it must be that even when the Gemara says you have an idea of being B'nai Krisus, that's only a requirement if you need Shlichus. For somebody to be a Shaliach, they have to be in the Parsha. Okay, they have to be, but, for, or maybe for somebody to be a witness, they have to be in the Parsha. So, but from this Gemara, if this Gemara is working with Rabbi Eliezer, which he assumes that it is, because for Rabbi Meir, you don't need any of this stuff, then what we see is, number one, Chayoshad Vakar can have Lishma, that's clearly what the Gemara is proving. Number two, it's assuming. Number two is, you don't need Shlichus for Rabbi Eliezer in the writing of a get. And number three is, you don't even need the person who writes the get to be B'nai Krisus. The whole discussion of B'nai Krisus is a type of requirement if you need a Shaliach. But if in the writing of the get you don't need a Shaliach, then even a non-Jew can do it. You don't need B'nai Krisus, okay? And that, so it becomes a radical idea for Rabbi Eliezer that even though he very much emphasizes the writing of the get, okay, it could be written by somebody who is not a Shaliach of the husband and is not even in the category of Gitan and Kiddushin. Okay, that's the Gemara's current assumption, assuming that we're reading this according to Rabbi Eliezer. Now, there had been some questions. Yeah, I want yes. to understand what, the idea of Godot and Medigabab is to make sure that, she, that whoever's writing is writing layout about whatever it is? And is uh, having the 
right intent. Well, what do you mean by right intent? Seems that this is for this particular woman. Now it's an interesting oh, question yeah, about with the shota and, uh, and well, that you, you, what are you supposed to do? You ask? Do you understand? Or no. So that's what's called is 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 is, uh, is well, right? Is that kavanasonis niteres mitoch maasav? Um, that um, that since you say we're going, it's going to be divorced for this man's wife. Her name is Leah Bat Rachel, right? Leah Bat Rachel, and have in mind that it's for his man's wife. So it's not as much so, that they that someone can read it because in other words, my kid, my ten year old to read it. Oh, this is Leah Bat Rachel. It means whoever the cut and wrote it must have known. What? So it wouldn't work. Meaning you still need the gadol, even if meaning any, I, anyone can read it. Get right? What, 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 what do you mean reading? In other words, they're writing it. Right? No, I know. But then in other words. What, I'm just trying to understand if it's just a matter of just writing Leah about Rachel, then I can have my ten year old read it afterwards. So I don't why do you even need a gadol? The cut the cousin can So Gadol is telling the the katan who it's being written for, what words to write to fill in the blanks, and that when they're writing those words they should have certain intents in mind. Right. And we are assuming that since they're following the instructions of writing the right words, they're also following the instructions of having had that person in mind when right. it was and being written. You need the, the is to ensure that the person is A, doing it correctly, but also also being led by instructions that are telling them what to be thinking right. about. Right, I assume that a cousin couldn't do that either. In other words, my, I told a 10 year old, go tell me the other Oh, one. I see, I see. Why yeah. couldn't you... Oh, I, I see your question. Why can't you have a cousin tell a cousin or something? Well, if the problem is that a person without the Gadol Gabov is assumed to not have the right intent... Look, it's one of two things. Either you assume that without the Gadol, the, you can't trust the person to be communicating the proper necessary intent um, or but like you're saying well let's say I hear, my, I hear the person say those words yeah. I, I'm not a Godol Omei Gabov and I just hear a cut and writing and saying I am writing this for Leah Bat Rachel who I know is Shimon's wife exactly. and uh, she's that nice woman down the street that always gives me cookies and I'm writing this because I know that she's going to get divorced right, right? <laughs> so do you need a Godol Omei Gabov in that case so that's a good question I think that gets to the question of whether Godol Omei Gabov is just to sort of create the right mindset and then see what you could imagine cases when you don't need it or the other thing I pointed out is you could see a gadol omid a gabov is essentially the gadol is writing it through the other person and ultimately they're seen as an extension or as a vehicle of the gadol's writing which might be a way to solve some of Tosis's problems as well that maybe you could see this person as just like the extended pen of the gadol but ultimately it's the gadol who's really doing the writing although Tosis does not go that direction if you emphasize that the person him or herself can do it um, then in theory you're right it could be done presumably without a gadol in some scenarios. Okay, there was another question. Yeah. We're conflating intent and mechanics. I mean, I would, I could propose a kind of a guest touring test. Right. Yes. I understood the reference. Yes. I understand. So the Gemara sometimes calls that kavanatoni karet mitoch maasav, but you're right. It's not necessarily true. You're that's absolutely correct. So I think there are a lot of unresolved questions about this. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah. Last one. Then we have to move on. Yeah, but that's just the mechanics as opposed to when you're right. Like here, the mechanics are good. It's the intent that's a problem. That's like almost the flip side. Whether we don't question the person's intent, we question their ability to do the mechanics. So how can a guest receive that? Oh, instruction if they can't hear. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. How are you instructing? I mean, you could I guess instruct with like written like placards or something. But yeah. 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 It's a good question. I'm not sure the Gemara's unpacked that. Yeah, I certainly haven't. Okay, so let's take a look. Okay, so the Gemara says. 
Okay, so it's good to lomit agabav, and that's going to somehow work even for Abiel Yezer. So Amalei Rav Nachman, so Rav Nachman said, Elamiyata, if that's true, Ovi Kochavim Yisrael lomit agabav, Hachanami Kasher, would you say even a non Jew would be good? If you're saying a Gadol lomit agabav can create the right intent, would you say even about a non Jew? And again, bracketing that that might be a special concern of not being Krisus, that's not an issue for the Gemara. So the Gemara says, Yeah, why not? That time, but we have a bright that it says Ovi Kochavim Paso. So he's not good. So what's the difference? Why are Cheres Shadavakatan good with God Olam and Agabav and not an Ovi Kochavim? So the Gemara says Ovi Kochavim Ludaiti Dinafshiyavir. No, he's always considered to act be acting independently. He's never considered to be. He's a Gadol, right? So he's never considered to be just being shaped by your intent. Now this works very well if you think that the issue is is that like um, is that this the kechot of the cotton are just my an extension of me. So if they're so then I can be they're minors or they're not fully benedeya. I can be seen as the primary actor here, and I'm doing it through them. But if I have an adult non-Jew, I'm not doing it through him. I can tell him whatever I want to tell him, but he's ultimately he's the one writing it. That's a daite dinafshe. Okay, and that therefore makes it a problem because in the end. It has to be written by me, by an adult Jew. And in the other cases, they were, I was writing it through them. But in the non-Jew, he's writing it himself. That's a nice way of understanding what the problem of Adayte Denafshe Ovid means. It doesn't mean that, oh, Hachis, he's going to be thinking about some, something else, even though I'm telling him Rachabat Leah. He's just doing his own thing. Okay? But the sim- so what I said is, an, I think, a very nice way of understanding this, that it's a question about, well, am I doing it through the person or is the person doing it? Assuming the issue is just whether the person himself or herself has Lishma, then what it is saying is, is, is that you can't trust, you don't know what the intent is of an adult non-Jew. A minor, we can say they're, 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 what, what's going on in their head is completely being filled by what I'm saying, and therefore they're having the right intent. And by a non-Jew, you can't assume that. So there's going to be a leash mark problem. Something like that. Now, Tosa says, and not exactly Lahachis, but Tosa raises the question. If you look at Tosa, Tosa says, I mean, again, it'd be so funny. Why would he be doing it Lahachis? So Tosa says, you need to have Mila for the right intent. And Rabbi Yehuda at least allows a non-Jew to be a mohel. It means not like he has something else in mind. It means, you know, he, has, he doesn't have anything in mind. You're saying do it for Rachel, but he's not thinking, oh, I have to have Kavana, Lashem, Gerashim, Lashem, whatever. You want me to write words? I'll write words. But I'm not having anything particular in mind. Well, okay? By get doing it without anything in mind is not good. Okay? Well, the problem is having negative kavana. So we assume that a non-Jew doesn't have negative kavana, but he doesn't have positive kavana either. Okay, so we're assuming they'll have in mind he said it has to be for the sake of affecting a divorce, and this woman is getting divorced, and they'll have those ideas in mind if I put it in their head. You know what they say, the next time I want your opinion I'll give it to you. So they have... <laughs> so, you know, we're not lying. Okay, so, this, so, so they, whatever ideas they have in their head are the ideas I put in there and they'll have the right lishma. The non-Jew, he might follow instructions and write the right words but we can't assume he'll have the right ideas in his head. 
Okay, so that's the Gemara's answer. Is this related to the question of whether Rabbi Kachadim should be a Shaliyah? Uh, no, that's more of a formal issue. Tosa says this can because, because no. So the answer is no. We'll see that. This is assuming you don't need Shlichos. That's the point that Tosa's made. You just need the Shema. It seems like there's a fundamental difference between these different types of Shema. I mean, I was thinking before that this idea that you know, this type has to have to uh, verify, establish the facts, and so on, doesn't really apply to well, let's say Beirut or whatever. Right. 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 Yes. You know what? What else are you doing? Right. right. Like you mentioned, you know, you say right words, say right words. Right. Exactly. So that's part of the Shmakai. If you're doing basically a ritual act, we could sort of say that it almost self-defines and it's really in, the intent is very minimal in terms of what's required. I mean, you know, only a bad intent would redefine or something of that. Yeah. Well, yes, but it's also creating a right an instrument. Anyway, yeah. So okay, so that's the Gemara's answer. The Gemara's answer is okay. Uh, so a non-Jew is still not good. He's still not considered to write it with the right things in mind, or he's certainly not just an, your instrument. Okay. So the Gemara says, "Harder Amar of Nachman." Then Rav Nachman said, "Lav nil Dami." You know what I, what I said? I take back what I said. To me, the kapasle local chavimin hava. The next mission is going to say that a non-Jew cannot be a shaliach to deliver again. So since it only excludes him from being a shaliach to deliver again, michlaudulin exiva kasher. So implicitly, he would be good for the writing of a get. Okay, so he says, you know what, I take it back. Actually, I think Ananju is also good for the writing of a get. And just like, because it's God alone and that'll work for Ananju. So, how about the fact that the Brita says that a non-Jew is not good? How do you explain that? So, no, no, no. That's Rabbi Eliezer who says that it's about the, that, that the Adim who are, who are present when it's given over, those are the key Adim, not the Adim who sign. So, if it's the signatures that isn't important, what's important? And the writing actually needs to be done for the right reason. And the non-Jew is totally acting on his own. So meaning what? Meaning that what he's now saying is how we read the Mishnah before. Drop this whole gadol omid al I'm going to assume from the Mishnah, the cotton is good and a non-Jew is good. Okay? But why, how could they be good? You know why they're good? Because it's Rebbe Mayer. Rebbe Mayer doesn't care how the get is being... Forget this old gadol omid al It's all Rebbe Mayer. We don't care how it's read, how it's written. And the brighter that says a non-Jew is not good... That right is Rabbi Eliezer, and for Rabbi Eliezer, a chayyush of a cotton would also be not good. So, okay, the whole world has now gone back in alignment. Okay, it's very easy. Forget this whole gadol middle gadav. The Mishnah that everybody is good chayyush of a cotton, non-Jew is Rabbi Meir. We don't care how it's re- how it's written. And the right is that non-Jew is not good, and also chayyush of a cotton presumably would be not good. And even with gadol middle gadav, that's Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer cares how it's written. Okay. Make it more out Theoretically, the get could be uh, printed on a yes. computer. Sure, totally. Uh, exactly. Sure. Exactly. No, you don't even have to film the Torah. You could do the whole thing off of a printer and just have the Adim sign it according to Rabbi Meir. We, we shma. Right. Okay. Vavad. Now the Gemara says, okay. So one way, now one way of reading this line, Vavad, is a challenge. Vavad, I'll read it that way. It makes it more dramatic. One minute, even according to Rabbi Meir, how could he let a non Jew write the get? 
that and aren't you it's just Astam acting on his own don't we care a little bit how the get is written according to Rebbe Meir and the answer is no I'm a Ravdamin oh I Rebbe Meir because Rebbe Meir used to say you can find it thrown in the garbage it was even written for a different Rachel Batleya and it was thrown in the garbage or it was written for practice just sign it with the right intent you're good it's all about the signing until it's signed it's a piece of paper okay the signing is what turns it into a get and it's only the signing that matters so now we have two explanations of the Mishnah one is it works for Rabbi Eliezer which is a chiddush that you don't need shlichos you don't need b'nei krisos etc and the other is and maybe even a non-Jew would be good and the other is that no that all these people would be no good for Rabbi Eliezer maybe even none of this would be good according to Rabbi Eliezer our mission is Rabbi Meir ok now the Gemara says like this Rav asked Rav Nachman it says you should write Lishma my love Ksivas get. isn't this the writing of the get shouldn't Rabbi Meir ok it's one thing he says signatures turn it into a get but shouldn't he also make requirements in terms of how it's written shouldn't Rabbi Meir require that it be written Lishma how can you take this get out of the garbage pan uh, how could you go ahead and have a chayr shirt with a and write a get? So doesn't it? Does my lot see the get? Doesn't the get have to be lishma even according to Rabbi Meir? No, Chasim is saying no. Write it for her means the writing that turns it into a get. It means signing it. The writing does not matter. Any get written not for the sake of the woman is invalid. So you see, it needs to be shman. Talks about writing. Nah, writing doesn't mean writing. It means it was signed. Again, it's the signing that matters. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> okay. Eisve, I'm going to ask you again. again from this later Mishnah. <coughs> when you write some of it it's like you wrote all of it what does that mean my love does it not mean as long as you write the essential parts it's like you wrote the whole thing so you see though as long as part of the writing the key part of the writing is it all works but you need the key part of the writing to be it's about the writing has to be so no, no don't read it that way read it as long as you sign it that's like you wrote the whole thing you transformed it into a gift because signing is a form of writing That's well yes so fundamental well correct but it's still not the shot of the word kosva which right. is the text of the get okay so anyway we're saying that you have these bright missions later on that speak about the writing being lishma so how could you say all that matters is the signing and the answer is yeah writing means signing the by statement if you want you could say an easier answer fine what type of proof was that I mean the pasuk is a question okay but those missions that's Rabbi Eliezer. Are there missions that say that you need the writing to be Lishma? Sure, that's Rabbi Eliezer's position. We're talking within Rabbi Meir. Okay? So for Rabbi Eliezer, the writing has to be Lishma, or at least the Torah has to be Lishma. A Cheyreshat of Katan, a non-Jew, would not be good, presumably even Gadol Omid al-Gabav. And we're talking within Rabbi Meir that we don't care how it's written, we only care how it's signed. Okay? The Ebais Ema. Now here's answer number three. So we have two, first, two answers of this Mishnah. Number one, it's Rabbi Eliezer and Gadol Omar Number two, it's Rabbi Meir. 
Here's an explanation number three of this Mishnah. Me by Zem, if you want, I can say, Hani must need in money, I'm sorry, Hani must need in money, Rebbe Liazor, he? No, no, I'm sorry, I did that. Okay, Rebbe Yoram excuse me, forget to be by Zem. Rebbe Yoram so answer number three, Rebbe Yoram says, here's a way of reading the Mishnah. For who's Yashir Makamatoris? It's Rebbe Eliezer. Why do I, how do I solve the problem that it's written Shaloli Shema? According to Rabbi Eliezer, how does the Cheroshat of Akata do it? Because they're not writing, the, they're not filling in the lines. They're just writing the boilerplate. As long as you leave the key lines blank and let a Gadol fill in those key lines, they can write the boilerplate. Let them write Cheroshat of Akata write, but not leave, leave, leave the blank lines for a Gadol to fill in. Exactly. Okay, No, that's not the right teaching. My What does that mean? The whole point of the Mishnah, if the Mishnah wanted to say that's good as long as they leave over the blank lines, it should have said they need to leave over the key lines. The point of the Mishnah is to say we don't care who writes the get. The point of the Mishnah is telling you the writing of the get is immaterial. Okay? So the only real way of reading this Mishnah is Rebbe Meir. The Mishnah is very blanket. It's telling you the writing of the get doesn't matter. Okay? We don't care about the Lishma of the get. Rebbe Meir. He's But we just had another teaching that it was Rebbe Eliezer in the name of Rebbe Yochanan. So I'm a Ryanine of Rebbe Yochanan. Fine. Read two versions of how Rebbe Yochanan explained the Mishnah. So we have three readings of the Mishnah. One, it's Rebbe Eliezer and Gadol Omer Gabov. Of course, then it should have said Gadol Omer Gabov. Number two is it's Rebbe Eliezer and you're only writing the Tophis, not the Torah. Then it should have said that you're not filling in the Torah. So the third reading is clearly the strongest reading, which is the Mishnah is saying it doesn't matter who writes the Get. It's all, and that is Rebbe Meir. All that matters is who signs. It doesn't matter who writes. Okay, next Mishnah. It's a debate of Amorayim, what, how Rabbi Yochanan explained the Mishnah. Okay, next Mishnah. And this is the Mishnah that was referred to a minute ago. Everybody can bring a get. Now we're clearly dealing with Shlichos. So, except for Cheroshot Vakatan, who can't be a Shaliach. Okay, Visuma, a blind person. Why not? We'll find out in a minute. The Ovid Kochavim, and Ananju, who also is excluded from Shlichos. Now, Kibala Katan Vigdil, let's say you gave the get to a Katan while he was a minor, and then he became an adult. Okay, but he was appointed as a minor, and it was given him as a minor. Cheroshot Vinit Pakeach, who gave it to a deaf mute who then became better. Summa Vinit Pateach, or a blind person who then became, whose sight was restored, Shota Vinitasa, or a Shota who then became of right mind, or a Nanju who became who converted. Pasul, it's invalid. The appointment of the Shaliah of the Shlichos has to be when the person is in the category of being a Shaliah. If they were appointed as a Shaliah and it was given to them prior, then they, can, they cannot become, then they can't, they, 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 you know, you need to reappoint them as a Shaliah. It's invalid. It was given to a person when they were well and they became a cheresh and then they became no but it's ABA they were, it was good they became bad and became good or sighted became blind and then became sighted 
Nistafa because of Nistafa. Okay, well and became a shot and then became a sh- and then well again. In all those cases, Kasher, it's okay, even though there was a period in the middle where it's not good. Zekklau, this is the principle. Koshet Chilasav Sofa Bedas Kasher. As long as they had Das at the beginning and the end, it's good. We don't say that every step while they're on the plane, if they, you know, every step along the way, if they received it from the husband properly and delivered it to the wife when they were in the right state of mind or in the, you know, had the right status, the fact that it got conveyed while they were in some problematic status does not somehow invalidate. The key is how it was received from the husband and how it was delivered to the wife. Okay, and the reason we need, I felt like, you know, either we have Adam and Sira, in which case, who cares about the Shaliyah? What do you mean? The prison has to be a Shaliyah. What do you mean, who cares? In order to represent the husband, he has to be, has to be a Shaliyah. He has to be a Barda. He has to follow the laws of Shalichos. So the husband specifically is the one that's okay. He's Nimanahim as a Shaliyah. Okay? So, so if the husband is Nimanahim as someone as a Shaliyah, it makes it really important. Meaning, if you say Adam Yisir's card here, you can say, like, you know, I don't really care who gives it, I don't want to get to them. And, you know, I have my witnesses over there. No, 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 but he has to be. Well, the question becomes can I send a get through the mail and appoint somebody as a Shaliyah Shalo Bifanov? So basically, so I'm going to deliver it by a non Jew or whatever. I'm just going to, you know, I know, I'll put it on the back of a camel and the camel is going to bring it to you, Michael, and you'll be my shaliach. And I'm saying, Michael, when you get this, actually, and you open it up, and there's a letter, a cover letter, and the cover letter says, when you get this get, I'm appointing you as a shaliach to give this get to my wife. Can that count? So that maybe the answer is yes, okay? Okay, but you have to be, when you receive, the, the shaliach has to be, get the appointment from the husband, and he has to be in a status of being a kosher shaliach when he receives the appointment, and then he has to be able to deliver it in the right state to and the woman. the husband gives to the shaliach and shaliach is Fine, all the way through, but after the husband gave the gift, the husband Oh, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. The husband also has to be in a state to be able to divorce his wife. Okay, let's take a look at the Gemara. So I understand they can't be good because they're not Bene Sometimes that's called not Bene Krisus or not Bene Hetera. He's not in the position to matir a woman, meaning he is not in the category of the halachas of Gittim and Kiddushin, of our halachas of Gittim and Kiddushin, and therefore cannot serve as an agent, as a shaliach. So here's the idea that Pnei Christus is part of a requirement of being a legitimate shaliach. You have to be in the Parsha to be able to represent me. Okay? El Asuma Amailo. Why can a blind person not be a shaliach? They're not, they're considered a bardas. So Amar Sheshesh, who I believe himself was blind, yes. right, interestingly, gives the answer because you don't know who you're getting it from and who you're giving it to. So, well, that's what the Gemara is going to answer. Okay? So therefore, right, so that's what the Gemara is going to answer. So anyway, so therefore, maybe even if by chance you did give it to the right person, maybe he feels that you're not a legitimate shaliach if you're not able to really control and know enough of what's happening in, your, in what you're doing. So the Gemara says, so Maskif Lo Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef, who was also blind, right? I think this is very interesting. From what I remember, both Rav Yosef and Rav Yosef were blind. Well, okay. But I think Rav Yosef, I think the Gemara about Manam Yosef, who's like they, they, who said the Haggadah in their house because they were both blind. Anyway, so he says, if that's true, so how can a blind person have sex with a blind man have sex with his wife if you don't know who you know? If you say, oh, you're blind, you don't know who you're dealing with. 
How can anybody have man have sex with his wife at night when it's dark? It must be because you can recognize. You have to love the metaphor. You have you have sight recognition of their voice. Okay, but it means you recognize voices. Okay, here too you can recognize voices. So that's not an answer. El Amr of Yosef, Sir Yosef says, here's why a blind person can't do it. We're dealing in because you have to say it was written, signed, and written, and sealed in front of me, and, and, and uh, written and signed in front of me. And he can't say it because even if it was physically present, the Bifanai means that he saw it being written and signed. Well, not necessarily. You have a total the Kol Kumata. Yeah, but apparently he's right. So this was apparently assuming that that idea of hearing the scratching is in a case where you could see it. Okay, so it's type of Vila Ligluye type of a thing. Right, but he's assuming that you can't say Bifani Nichtav even with Tiyathena de Kola unless you actually have seen it. Okay, Amri Abaye, so Abaye said, Elamiyat, if that's true, the only problem is saying Bifani Nichtav. Patuach Vinistama. If somebody had sighted when it was um, when it was signed, and then he became blind before he delivered the get, would you say that that would be kosher? Because you would say you're good shaliach, and you saw it being written, so you could say that. So hakanami the kosher, the haktani, and presumably the answer would be sure. Why not? But the Mishnah says patuach v'nistama v'chazav v'nispateach kosher. Sighted and blind, and then sighted is kosher. Chazav v'nispateach in only if he becomes sighted. By the end, no If he didn't become sighted at the end, it would not be kosher. So, according to you, why should that be a problem? So, the answer is no. Who had the avagav to lo You know what? Even if he did not become sighted at the end, since the other examples we gave were being of right mind and then becoming a shodah and then of right mind that we get, you know, A B A. So, time the chazvinishtavah. In that case, you had to get to the better state by the end. So, lo if the person did not become of right mind by the end, well, it would not be good. So those cases, we did A, B, A. You had to end back in that, in that state. So, so for like literary parallel, we had sighted blind and became sighted. But really, even if the person did not become sighted at the end, it would be okay. Amar Avashi, Dikanami, that also can be inferred by a close read of the text. Diktani Zaklau, Koshet Chilasavazov Abadas Kasher. It sums up those ideas. It says, as long as you begin as a Bardas and end as a Bardas, you're okay. Okay? But so the key is Bardas. Somebody who's blind is not a Bardas problem. The Logtani, it doesn't say Koshet Chilasavazov Abadas Kasher. You have to be beginning and end in a kosher state. So if it's a Bardas problem, then you have to have that at the beginning and the end. If it's a problem about being blind, that's only a beginning problem. That's not an end problem. Okay? So that now we've explained the case of blind in the Mishnah. Find the name Rabbi Ami. They asked Rabbi Ami, Eved, get Can a slave who's not the woman slave, if it's the woman slave, it's like being put on her property. But if it is Reuven, Reuven is divorcing Rachel, can Shimon's slave be Rachel's shaliach? Or can be Ruben's shaliach? Raji said you could have asked it either way. Can a slave who's not owned by either party here, is that slave kosher as a shaliach for bringing or receiving a get? Evid Knani. Okay? He's partly chayiv in mitzvos, 
right? Is that enough? If a non-Jew is out of the category, is an Eved in now? An Eved does not have the law in some ways of Gitin Mikidushin because, you know, Kidushin isn't binding by slaves. Okay, on the other hand, they're Chayavin Mitzvot, they're in the same category of laws. So can they be a Shaliach or not? So, so, since the Mishnah only invalidated a non-Jew, we can infer that a slave would be kosher. No, sorry, won't work. Why not? Because even though they're chayiv and mitzvos, as we're saying, they're not b'taris gitin Laws of gitin do not apply to them because marriage doesn't apply to slaves. Okay, even though mitzvos do, marriage doesn't apply to slaves. So the Gemara says. Um, Maskif uh, Rebbe Lezer, so Rebbe Lezer challenges Taima b'milsa d'lesa. Having milsa d'isakasha, meaning he's not challenging that a slave is not kosher. He's challenging that a slave should be even more not kosher. You're saying the only problem with a slave is he doesn't happen to be in those mitzvot of gittin and kiddushin. But you're saying if uh, other things, a slave could be a shaliach for me. Okay, as long as it was an added a category of law that applied to a slave. Is that really true? Is a slave kosher or shaliach when the laws apply? Apply to them. Um, so, how about a non-Jew or a Samaritan? The East Nubatars Truma. Now, Shayu, they can take their own Truma. It's not. We turn to the Mishnah. They owned land in Eretz Yisrael. The, the grain grew. We will assume that their ownership of the land did not remove from the land the Kedusha. So, the grain actually is Tevel. It grew in their land. And they now are Mafrish Truma on their their grain in their land in Eretz Yisrael does it have a status of truma? Without the chiv of giving truma, they don't have a chiv of giving it, but yeah. does it does it change the status of the actual yeah. truma? And the answer is yes, truma from truma. So they're in the parsha of truma. Okay, if it's not, and we turn to Mishnah. If I had a non-Jew take truma from me, even if I appointed him, ain't truma so truma. It's not good. So you see, they're in the parsha. But, nevertheless, the laws apply to them, but they can't be a shaliach. My timer. So it must be that it's not sufficient to be in the parsha in terms of the laws. There must be that there's another basis of exclusion of why he can't be my shaliach. So what's the reason? gamatem. It says, Kain tarimu gamatem. Even you should take truma. So the gam means your shaliach can do it. But the atem means your shaliach has to be like you. Okay, ma atem Israel, Ashluchachem Israel. That you have to be Jewish. So if you have a non-Jew who's in the parsha, but nevertheless you can't be a shaliach. Part of being a shaliach is being Jewish, of being a shaliach for a Jew. So if that's true, the same should be true by a slave. That even in an area where a slave is in the parsha, he should not be able to be a shaliach because he's not a Yisrael. So we see you have two criteria. A, you have to be a Yisrael, and B, you have to be in the Parsha. So a slave should never be able to be a Shaliach, because he's not a Yisrael. The same way a non-Jew can never be a Shaliach. Ami Debei Rabbi Yana, I said, Debei Rabbi Yana responded, Lo, no, you read the Parsha, you read that too broadly. It's Ma'atem B'nei Bris, Ashluchachem B'nei Bris. That you have to be, it's not Yisrael, okay, which would exclude slaves, it's B'nei Bris. In the bris of mitzvot, or if you want to say bris of bris milah, of these male slaves had a bris milah. So since slaves are bound by mitzvot, and by the way, an important Rashi who emphasizes the word bris, Rashi says 
Um, where's the Rashi? Bnei Bris, it's about eight to eight lines down under what it says about Midbar Yudchad in the margins. Mahulim Ubob Bris Mitzvos. Avshluchach, so there's Mahulim and Mitzvot. Avshluchach, at least for the males. Bnei Bris. Lafuke Ovikochazma. Although Eved Ben Brisu, Dechsiv, Mechotev Eitzecha. Achoevi Mecha. What's the next Basuch? Avrecha Bivris Hashem Alokecha. So if your water drawers are your slaves, your slaves are part of the Bris. Interesting question. Is there an idea of arevut by slaves? Interesting question about how much are they part of the Am in an extended sense. So they're not Yisrael, but they're somehow part of the Am and they're B'nai Brit. So therefore he's saying is there are two criteria to be a Shaliach. You have to be a Ben Brit which includes Avadim but excludes non-Jews. You don't have to be Jewish, but you have to be a Ben Brit, and you have to be in that Parsha. So a slave could be my Shaliach for, let's say, taking Trumas and Maestros, but they can't be my Shaliach for Gittin and Kiddushin, because laws of Gittin and Kiddushin don't apply. A non-Jew can't be my Shaliach for anything because there's a requirement of Ben Brit. Okay, let's read one more line. Um, same explanation. There's, he's enough of a, if a Ben Brith is fine, but he, the laws of getting Kiddushin don't apply. And therefore, cannot be a Shaliach. The Alpha Pishishaninu, Harea Shifchech, Vladich Ben Chorin, in Haisa Ubara, Zachsolo. Even though we said that. I, you know, I think we're going to have to end here because yeah. we only have one minute. Okay, so we have ended with the idea, the last thing anyway is a separate point. We've ended with the idea that to be a shaliach, you have to be a bendat, so that chayashet v'katan cannot. You have to be a ben, you have to be a bar krisus, or you have to be a, a ben bris, so a non-Jew not. And a slave, in theory, is a ben bris, but because he's not the Torah, that's because he's not, he's not bar krisus, He's not the Torah's Gitten Kiddushin. That's why a slave cannot be a Shaliyah for Gitten Kiddushin. The slave could be a Shaliyah for something like Truma. Okay, and we will end up tomorrow with really a different point relating to slave. We will continue tomorrow with a different point relating to